type of message is something that you need to listen to over and over and over again. Because you're heading somewhere. We're all heading somewhere. Right? We as a church are heading somewhere. We all have a destiny. See, when I say that word destiny, you kind of get a blank stare and say, destiny? What's a destiny? I'm just trying to pay my bills. I'm just trying to live for tomorrow. I'm, I, I, I'm, what's a destiny? No, see, the problem is, is we, we think of people that have these grand destinies, you know, any, anywhere from Paul to John the Baptist to um, Abraham Lincoln to George Washington. What, you know, we think of these people with these grand destinies. And yes, they did, these people did have grand destinies. They changed the world. Right? But that doesn't diminish small destinies in, the, uh, in our eyes. It's small in our eyes, but not in God's eyes. You know, I've said this before. You know, Billy Graham, he changed countless lives. Millions and millions of lives. Billy Graham changed. But who's the one that led Billy Graham to the Lord? What? You, you know what? I don't know. But I don't know it. Whose destiny was greater? The one that was obedient to lead Billy Graham to the Lord? Or Billy Graham that was obedient to his calling and his destiny in the Lord? See, we all have a destiny. And if your destiny is only to change one person's life, that's where you're going to find fulfillment. That's where you're going to find contentment. That's where you're going to find joy unspeakable. Because you found your divine purpose in God. Destiny is no... The, the simplest definition of destiny is destination. You have a destination. You're going somewhere. And you're thinking, well, I'm not going nowhere. I've been doing the same thing for, for, the, for countless years, doing the same routine, doing the same thing over and over again, and it doesn't seem like my life's going anywhere. Yes, it is! You're ten times, you've been doing it for ten years, you're ten times more grumpy than you were ten years ago. You're ten times more discouraged. Ten times more miserable. Ten times more bitter. It went somewhere. It goes somewhere. You never stop going somewhere. You're either going to where you want to go, the destination you want to go, or you're going to the destination that circumstances in life take you. A lot of people live their life like a pinball machine. Where, you know, you, you got the pinball and they pull it back and they shoot you out into the world and you just bounce around a little bit until you go down the hole and the game's over. We're all going somewhere. You all have a destiny. You all have a purpose. Your life is heading to a destination. The question is, are you purposely charting your destination or are you floating through life like a rudder, rudderless ship? Are you wasting your time dreaming or are you deliberately charting your destiny? See, dreams are good. You need dreams. But the problem is there's a difference between um, a dream as in this is where I want to go and then charting your life, charting your thoughts. What's the steps that I need to get to that destination? And just saying, well, that, it'd be nice. 
It'd be nice to have a nice marriage one day. It'd be nice to have a marriage like th- that, per- that person. It'd be nice to have a house like that person. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. There's a big difference of just dreaming, daydreaming, and purposely thinking through, charting a course on how do I get to that destination. Your desired destination. Do you have a desire? Last week we talked about how delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desire of your heart. As you spend time with God, that's one of the simplest and easiest ways to get a desire, a destination, a destiny birthed inside of you is spend time with God. You spend time with God and He will give you your desire. And, and, and you're de- you have to desire that destination above all other things. And we're going to be talking about our imagination here in a, in a little bit. But, but what your future will be. What will your future be? Again, this series came out of the following thought. that It just spoke to me. If your memories are bigger than your dreams, you have already begun to die. If you're constantly thinking about yesterday, if you're constantly thinking about what God did 10 years ago, if you're constantly thinking about what life was like then, some of you think, man, life was a lot better before I was married. Ouch. Or it was a lot better before we had all this, the pressure of kids. Or whatever it might be. If you're constantly thinking about yesterday and not visioning your future, your, your life has already begun to die. Every aspect of your life has a destiny. It has a destination. Right? Because we have very we have different aspects of our life, right? I mean, your spiritual, your spirituality and your relationship with God, it has a destiny. Are you moving forward in that destiny? Your marriage, it has a destiny. It has a desired end. Right? Are you going to be one of those those couples that that uh, beat statistics? That show you know the best way not to get divorced, don't get married. They say that fifty it's fifty fifty that you're gonna make it. But the truth of the matter is, is that if you look at those studies, it, they try to tell you that Christians and non Christians have the same divorce rate. And that's not true. If you look at how they did that study, they, they just had on there, are you religious? And most Americans would say that, that yeah, I believe in God. They don't know the God that they say they believe in. But, and there, there's a huge difference between someone that just says, yeah, I'm religious. And someone that says, no, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I pray, I read the Word, I walk and try to walk in the Spirit and try to live life according to how He tells me is best for my life. When you, when you add in people that are truly born again, Spirit-filled, and trying to live out the kingdom in their life, it's, it, the, divorce, the divorce rate just plummets. I wasn't planning on saying all that this morning. 
But it's true. Your relationships with your, with your children, and it's going somewhere. It's going somewhere. And listen to me. You, you older people. <laughs> you, you need you need to make sure that your children know how much they mean to you and how much you love them and how much to let tell them how pleased you are with them you have no idea how important that is to your children And when it, and, and I just know, I, as, as you get older, as we all get older, things of this world become less and less important. And we realize that the most important thing that we have is, is our family and our loved ones and our friends that are around us. One of the most important things, but it seems like the hardest thing to do, is to tell those people that mean the most to us how thankful that you are for that they're in your life. Your physical life is going somewhere. Right? That's, you you got you to gotta think through. You know, where is my physical life going? Yes. It's going to be hard to change your phys- physical life. You might have to start exercising. You might have to get up earlier. These are things that I'm thinking about. There's suffering in, that, in those choices, in that destination. But if we use our imagination, which we're going to talk about here in a little while, think about where does it take you? If you don't do anything in your physical life, where is that going to take you? Take you to a larger size pants or dress size? Take you to you can't enjoy your children, your grandchildren? You can't do what the Lord's called you to do? You don't have enough energy or strength? You feel crummy and miserable all the time? Well, that sounds like suffering too. So which suffering is more important? Where, where, where is the suffering of getting up early, taking a 15-minute walk, eating less, disciplining your body? Where is that going to take you? Where is that suffering? See, all of life is suffering because your flesh, because you live in flesh. Either way, you're going to suffer. But where is that suffering going to take you? Where is the desired destination? Where is it leading you to? Your financial life. You know, so many people, your finances are going somewhere. The government is making sure that you have less. I mean, inflation just keeps on going up. You can't put your money in the bank because inflation is going up higher than the interest rate. You're actually losing money by putting it in the bank. A lot of people, you just didn't, that's the first time you ever heard that. And the reason why it's the first time you ever heard it is because you don't have a purpose for your finances. 
I'm not going to go down all that. We'll be here forever. I've got to speed up. We're only on the second slide. But every area of your life has a destination. It has a destiny. It's going somewhere no matter what. There's a destination that you are heading in. In all these important aspects of your life. Do you know, I read this, I read this quote. The poorest person in the world is not the one without a nickel. It's the one without a dream. Because if you have a dream, you can get a nickel. See, we, we always think, think that the problem is, is we don't have what we need. Yes, you do. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think according to the power that is in you. You have everything that you need for life and godliness. The dream, the dream of where you would like to be is the starting point, but without mentally charting out your course, you are go, you're not going to reach your destination. So what, now what, what do you do if you, don't have, if you don't have a dream? If you don't have a dream for your life, start using your God-given imagination. Do you know God has given us an imagination? A lot of us... You know, when we were young, we used our imagination all the time. But as we get older, we stop using our imagination. Why? Because your imagination's powerful. Your imagination is powerful, and it's been given to us by God. See, God sees things. He sees things that aren't, and calls them into existence. We get to. Actually, God has created us in His image and we get to see things that aren't and we get to bring them into existence. And you're saying, what do you mean, Chad? Well, you ever hear of an airplane? Have you ever heard of a cell phone that has a camera, a video recorder, a computer, a TV, a um, record player? All, all of those things in the palm of your hand. Someone envisioned that. They imagined it. You imagine because God gave you an imagination. Seek God. Question. Ask God questions. And listen for answers. See, that's the biggest problem is so much time we spend in prayer is that we're, we're, we just give God our list and then we say, okay, I'm done and we walk out the door. Maybe God has something to say. You mean God speaks to you? Yeah, He speaks to me. He doesn't speak to you. That's still a small voice. The Bible says literally that as you're walking, there will be a voice from behind telling you which way to go. Ask Him questions. Start by thinking about how you would like to make things better in whatever area of life you're in. Start imagining all the things that must happen to make your dream a reality. And start using your faith to believe God. That He will empower you with the grace to turn your dreams into destiny. Your desired destination. Know this. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to... You've got to know this because... As soon as you decide that you, you're going to go for something, you're going to have a dream, and you're going to start charting your course, you're going to see how hard it's going to be. And your flesh is going to say it's not worth it. 
You've got to use your imagination and say, what will happen to my life if I do not make these hard choices? If I do not make a budget for my finances? If I do not start exercising? If I do not start taking my wife on a date and, and <clears throat> praying with her and living life together in harmony? What's going to happen in my life if I, if I don't spend time with my kids? If I don't teach them the ways of the Lord? If I don't, if I, if I don't invest into them? What, will I be abandoned when I'm older? There's a lot of people that their children have abandoned them. Why? Because there is no relationship there. And they're just doing what they were taught because they were abandoned when they were young. And you can be at home. You can be providing a roof over their head and food on the table and still not be there. Start imagining all the things that must happen. And I'm telling you that there will be pain. But guess what? There's also grace. And so often, that pain is just a deception because God graces you to overcome, to make the hard things look easy, to take the high places and make them low so you can walk on straight paths. Start trusting God and He will empower you with the grace to turn your dreams into destiny, your desired destination. Your imagination is powerful. Look at this interesting story in the Bible. You know, just after Noah, um, the, the people of the earth came together and as you can imagine, after a worldwide flood, there's probably a lot of talk about, you know, what, what will God, what, what might happen to us next and all these things. And uh, so they, they came together and in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now the whole earth had one language in the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and, and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. They said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we disperse over the face of the whole earth. That's what God called them to do. To be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. But they wanted to come together and not be dispersed and not fulfill their God-given destiny. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have one language, and, they, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they may not understand each other's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there, from there over the face of the earth and left off the building of the city. Therefore it is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the, the language of the people, and from there the Lord dispersed them from the face of the earth. You now that word purpose is the word imagination. 
Nothing that they purpose will not be able to do. Nothing that they imagine. Other translations translate imagine. Nothing that they imagine. See, it's imagining, it's, it's, it's thinking with a purpose. There's one thing to imagine and just daydream, but there's another type of, of, of imagining and envisioning and um, determining thinking with purpose. Some of the things that you think will never come to pass because there's no purpose behind it. And the question I have, were these people good people? Were these people righteous people? Were they all good and righteous people? No, they weren't, were they? Yet God said He had to restrain them. And He had to restrain them because what they imagined to do, they could do. That's how powerful your imagination is. Here's here's the point. Thoughts are powerful. Especially determined thoughts. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you. Do you know that? Except one person. You. Your thoughts, what you think about yourself, is the most important thing in this world. And I'm telling you, this world will not make, it's not going to build you up unless you get around some godly friends, some brothers and sisters in Christ, some that want, want you to see you succeed. A lot, of people, a lot of you guys have friends that really don't want to see you succeed. We'll talk about that later too. What do you think about yourself? That's why it's so important to know what God thinks about you. Because when you find out what God thinks about you, then you find out exactly who you are. And you're a child of the King. You're a son and daughter of God. You're filled with the Holy Spirit and power. You have divine destiny and purpose in your life. And He wants your life to be blessed. He wants your life to be full. Well, Chad, how can you say that God wants my life to be blessed? Because... He says that the thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And Jesus came for the purpose that you you might have life and life more abundantly. Amen? This week, Amanda, I was riding the car with Amanda and her phone connected to the uh, radio and she was listening to uh, Jerry Savelle's daughter. I can't think of her name right now. But... uh, um, she told this, told this story about the opening of Disney World. She told this story about the opening of Disney World. And I didn't know this, but Walt Disney passed away before the Disney World opened. And they were having the opening ceremonies. And different people were speaking and stuff like that. And someone just said, only if... Walt would have been here to see this. It's too bad they didn't see this. And his daughter stood up and corrected the man and said, my father did see it. He did see it. Where did he see, where did he see Disney World? In his imagination. I think he even calls the people that worked at Disney World Disney World, something, imagination, something, I can't think of what it is. 
Imagineers. What are you using your imagination for? What are you envisioning? Because what you imagine is what will happen. Job said, what I greatly feared had come upon me. If you greatly fear something, you're constantly imagining something. This kind of thinking, God noticed. God noticed them thinking and imagining and coming together to do something. God notices thinking that uses imagination because it's His kind of thinking. The Bible tells us that God declared the end from the beginning. For Him to declare the end from the beginning, He had to imagine where we're going. Right? <laughs> that He measured the waters of the, in the hollow of His hand and marked off the heavens with a span. That's the, that's the uh, between your thumb and your pointer finger. God just figured out the, how He was going to create the earth. He was imagining how it was going to be. It says, it says that he, he enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Even Jesus bringing our salvation was planned from the foundation of the earth. And He planned you too. You might have been a surprise to your parents, but you weren't a surprise to God. Amen? Psalms 139 says that God has books written about you that were written before you were ever born. When we use our imagination, we are li- when we are when we use our imagination, we are imitating our heavenly Father. Then we take actions in faith, and we see our dreams become destiny, and we are pleasing to our heavenly Father because faith pleases God. God knows the hairs on your head. God knows the hairs on your head. And some of you are easier to count than others. But he, know, he knows. Hey, before it's over, I'll offend everybody. But <laughs> you know what they say about offense? You, offense the, you offend the mind to reveal the heart. So, anyways, God knows the hairs on your head. Don't you think he knows who you are? If he, if he takes the time to count the hairs on everyone's head because He loves you that much, that intensity of love and caring for you, don't He think He knows who you are? Doesn't, he, doesn't you think He knows what's best for your life? And he, that He knows what it takes to be, make your life the most fulfilling? In Matthew 18, 19, It says, again I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. One of the greatest things that we gleaned from that story of the Tower of Babel is that they came together and agreed on a common imagination, a common thought, a thought with purpose. An an imagination 
that is an agreement that is agreed upon is powerful. Look what Jesus just said about it. He says, so he says that it will be done. If you're married, you need to agree on your destination. Think about this. Do you know how many couples don't even have the same dreams? I know the world says that you're your two separate people and individual and all that. That's what the Bible says. You are one. You come together as one with a common purpose and goal and, and destination. What is your destination for your marriage as a couple? What is your, what is your, see that the, the devil hates marriage. Why? Because we're two or more, where they agree on, on earth, it will be done by God. That's why you can't get, ever agree. The devil never wants you to agree because he doesn't want it to get done. The first time the devil showed up is after a marriage. The war doesn't happen until the marriage. The enemy comes in to rob, kill, and destroy immediately. Adam and Eve came together and here comes the devil. The man comes home and sees his wife has a pet dragon. And he doesn't do anything about it. See, that's the problem with a lot of men. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. You're right, you didn't do anything. That's the problem. Devil hates marriage because he knows that there's power in two people imagining a desire to end, coming into agreement with God Almighty because it will come to pass. A divided house cannot stand. Get the whole family involved. You know, see, again, destinations don't have to be only grand things. How about a vacation? Some of you just in your heart, man, I would really like to go on vacation. I'd like to go on vacation with the family. We've never taken a family vacation. We'll get purpose thoughts. Start charting. What will we have to do to go on this vacation? Get in agreement with your wife. Get the kids to come in on agreement. Why aren't we buying pizza? It's Friday night. Why aren't we buying pizza? Because we're going on vacation. Why don't we have Netflix anymore? Because we're going on vacation. Now, honey, we, 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 we can get you this, this $200 pair of shoes. I guess that's what tennis shoes go for. Or we can get you the $75 pair of shoes. Do you want to go on vacation? Get everybody in the same vision. Plan the vacation. Put, put pictures up. Whatever you got to do. Yes, there's suffering. Yeah, you got to suffer. But you get to go on vacation. What happens if you don't suffer? Well, then you'll suffer from never going on vacation.
Get the family involved. This is how you teach these things to your children. So many, so many parents are so quiet about finances and they're so prideful about things, they can go overboard and say, just talk about we're poor all the time too. But teach the kids. We can't do this right now. Why? Because we have a vision. We're saving up to get a new car. Or we're, we're saving up to go on vacation. Or we want, we want to get a down payment for a house. Teach the kids. Because they get out, they move out, and guess what happens? Mom and dad never taught them any of this stuff, that life is hard and you've got to sacrifice, and they get out there and think, man, how did mom and dad do it? This is hard. <laughs> Life's hard. It's, life is sacrifice. Choose your sacrifice. Choose your pain. Because you're going to have pain no matter what. But one pain leads to more pain, and one, one, one pain leads to the destiny that you want. If you're not married, what do you do if you're not married? Welcome to the church. Get a brother or sister in Christ. Share your dreams with them. Get them to agree with you. Some of you, some of you might have to go to a couple different brothers, a brother or sister because sometimes in the church it's hard to get, find someone that can, can believe and have faith. Get them to agree with you. Share your dreams. Maybe even ask them to hold you accountable. To follow up with you. So what's going on? What's your next step? What do you got to do next? And they should want to. Why? Because they have their faith invested in this. They have their faith invested in you. You know, so many people pray and they never follow up with people. Why? Because they didn't really believe. They weren't expecting anything to happen in the first place. But if you have your faith invested into a person, you should desire to see your faith become sight in those people's lives. Have them get involved. Get them to check in on you. See how you're doing. Follow up on your charted course. Look at this example that the Israelites gives us in the Old Testament. I find this very telling. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 4, what's happening? The children of Israel have been rescued from slavery, from bondage, from having their children thrown into the Nile. Right? from hardship, all of these things, God mightily delivered them from Egypt. Mightily delivered them from Pharaoh. I don't want to get into all this, but this is all imagery. It's imagery of our slavery to sin. It's, our, it's imagery of our slave master, the devil. It's the, the going through the, the Red Sea is our baptism in Christ. And the enemy was destroyed in the blood. It's all imagery. And God delivers us from Egypt and now we're trying by faith to walk out the promises of God into our promised land, right? And the children of Israel, they find that they're in a place of suffering. Right? Of hardship. They're in the wilderness. 
And this is what they're saying. Now the rabble that was, <laughs> was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we might had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now our strength is dried up and there's nothing at all but this manna to look at. The Israelites remembered. They were remembering the past instead of looking into their future. They were thinking about their they were thinking about their past and they were complaining about their current situation rather than envisioning their destiny. Envisioning where they were going. They were heading to the promised land, one that flowed with milk and honey, one that had vineyards they did not plant and homes they did not build. You know, it says that that the giants lived in, in the promised land, right? Think of what those homes must have looked like if they housed a giant. It's a, it's, it, 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 these things were just being built for them and waiting for them. And what's funny about people is that we forget about how miserable we were when we're tempted to give up on our destiny. There's a lot of people that start following Christ and, and they have a little persecution or, or they have a little bit of taming of the flesh that they need to do. There, there's, there's pressure, there's, there's pain, there's sacrifice, and they start remembering their past. What's funny about remembering your past, you don't remember how miserable you were. You don't remember how it was destroying your life. You pick out little good things, just like these Israelites did. These Israelites were slaves. They were beaten and forced to work without a wage. Their sons were taken from them and thrown into the Nile. They had no future or opportunity for anything more. That was the truth of their past. Your flesh will lie to you. It will cause you to give up. It caused... Them to give up on their God-given destiny for some onions, leeks, and fish. What have you given? You, we, we give up our destiny for lesser things. I mean, look at these. But this is, this is human nature. How dumb can you get and still breathe? We give up on our divine destiny. Just like Esau, who was evil for a cup of porridge. If you spend too much, too much energy focusing on what you or other people have done to you in the past, you will find yourself never living for your future. What are you being tempted with? What are you being tempted with right now to for a moment of pleasure to give up your destiny. Your desired end. Your vision. Where you want to be in life. Don't allow yourself to lose your passion for today by living in yesterday. Yesterday is water 
under the bridge. We heard this Wednesday night. When you throw something in, 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 in a river, what happens to it? It's gone. Water under a bridge is never the same water. It's always moving. Yesterday's gone. There's nothing you can do about it. All you can do about, do is about today. What are you going to do today? And when, when today is over, what am I going to do tomorrow? And start charting your path to your God-given destination. Don't focus on what you had or what people did or the comfort of laziness and familiarity. People do not realize familiarity. How Even if you're miserable, even if you're, if, if you're living in squatter, 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 squalor, if you're living in squalor, the idea is just comfortable. Why? Because it's something that I know. It's so, it's, so much, it's so much easier to sit in the familiar than go out into the unknown. You have to look beyond that. You have to look beyond what you're doing or, what you, or where you are now and you have to focus on where you're going. You've got to get passionate about that. Focus on the promised land. It's all about your imagination. It's all about thinking. It's all about seeing where you're going to go as a person, individual, where you're going to go as a family, where we're, where we're going to go as a church. You've got to have a desired destination. Let's look at the advice of Paul. I would say Paul was a man that had a destiny. Wouldn't you say? That he had a desire and he, had, he knew what his, his plan was from God and he tried to go for it with all he, all he had. And what does he say in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13? He says, Brethren, I don't count myself, as, to, myself to have up, apprehend, apprehended. But one thing I do. He says, I haven't accomplished everything that I need to accomplish. But there's some, one thing that I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I haven't accomplished everything that God's called me to do, but this is what I do. So we need to do what Paul did. Paul said he deliberately chose not to consider what was behind him. Do not consider what was behind you. Don't consider your past. But he pressed. He doesn't say he strolled. He pressed. He reached. You ever have to reach for something? It takes strength. It takes, it takes you... Pressing is... You're pressing against something that's trying to keep you from going where you want to go. It carries this idea, the Greek word carries this idea of one that pursues. He seeks eagerly after or earnestly endeavors to acquire the prize. This isn't hidden. Life's hard. We live in a fallen world. But we're world overcomers in Christ Jesus. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. And Paul pressed. And I'm telling you, Paul experienced 
calamities, hardships, greater than any of us have ever will, have ever or ever will in our life. And if Paul can do it, you can do it. The same spirit that's in Paul is in you. But he had a vision. He knew where he was going. He had a desire that was greater. For the Apostle Paul, his mark was the calling to preach the gospel and establish churches. Your mark may be to glorify God. God your, your mark may be to glorify God and represent the kingdom in some other area of life. We're not all see people read this and they think, "Well, I gotta do exactly what Paul did." No, you're different. Some of you might be called to be an apostle and to go into all the world and and build churches and and preach the gospel and. But others, you might be called to be a mother or a father that teaches the kingdom of God to your children so they teach it to their children and their children's children. Some of you might be called to be a craftsman that can do things with your hands that makes people say, wow. We all have different callings. We have all, we're diverse. God loves diversity. Just look around this room. Your mark may be glorify God in some other area of life. It, it doesn't matter. This is the principle that you can use in whatever sector of life you are in. Forget about the past. Focus on the future and keep pressing on. The enemy likes to muddy the water. He likes to muddy the water of your destiny. And you must eliminate confu confusion by focusing on your priorities. See, sometimes life can just get muddied up. It can, it can get stirred up where you can't see your future anymore. And, the, and when, when times like that, you have to pause and you have to recalibrate yourself and say, I'm going to look past of what I see right now and look into the future and see my priority in where I'm going. Faith in God is a priority. Time in the Word is a priority. Prayer is a priority. Reminding yourself that God gave you the idea or the dream that's in your heart is a priority. Wondering how in the world is it ever going to get done is not a priority. Unbelief is not a priority. Listening to people who tell you that it can't be done is not a priority. Isn't it interesting that those that are not priorities, we get the most priority to? We spend the most time thinking? It's a, how, I, what, is, what is the statistics? Something, it's just crazy that for every negative comment, it's like 10 positive comments you need to offset one negative comment. Why? Because we focus on things that aren't priorities. First Peter 5.7 tells us to cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. When you get confused or discouraged, stop for a moment and just praise God. Pastor Tom talked about this this morning. Just praise God. Thank Him for the dream that He gave you. Lift, lift it up in praise. Thank Him that He's leading and guiding you. That He's equipping you. That greater is He that's in you than He's in the world. That you, we're going to see it come pass. 
that you have faith. Thank Him that He's given you wisdom and that He's bringing clarity into your mind. Praise is powerful. Why? Because it gets your mind off the things that are muddying it up, the things that aren't priorities, and focuses on what is true priorities. It's magnifying the solution rather than magnifying the problem. Because God is the solution. You can't let negative thoughts ramble on in your mind. You have to take every thought captive that rises against the knowledge of God. Roll the care of the problems on the one who cares for you. The reason why we can, don't say, I could care less about that is because you don't realize how much God cares for you. Only, only when you know how much God cares for you when, is when anxieties are able to be cast onto Him. Focus on your priorities. What you need to do next. What do you need to do today? Focus on your next action and you'll eliminate your confusion. Focus on the next step and do that. You're not confused anymore. It's simple. But the problem is, is that the enemy of our soul is constantly bringing confusion into our lives. It's, it's trying to get our eyes off the prize. And that's why it's so important to have a brother or sister or a spouse to course correct us. Get our mind. You know, if one falls in the ditch, no, one else, no one's there to help them up. But if you have a partner, he can pull you back out of the ditch and get you back on the road, right? Amen? Learn the power of praise and prayer and trusting God. Let it become a habit. How do you create a habit? Simply by doing the same thing over and over again. You can have a habit of prayer. Just do it over and over again. Well, you've got to start today. Well, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing it. Well, again, there it is, sacrifice. Where will this sacrifice take you? What will not praying? What will that sacrifice take me? Focus on your dream. Your dream, dream you're focusing on your dream needs to become a habit. Speaking positive needs to become a habit. Choosing to believe what God says instead of what man says needs to become a habit. Quickly, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, do not be, de- be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You are the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. Think of the five people you spend the most time with and that's who you are. Is that good? Or is it like, oh. And this is, this could be, people want to understand what I'm saying, but I'm going to say it because I love you guys. It can even be family. I'm not saying you don't love them. I'm not saying that you, you don't be there and support them, but maybe there's a period of time where you can't spend all your time around them. I'm not talking about your wife. I'm talking about <laughs> not your immediate family. Be sure when you start moving forward with God 
and your destiny, the people around you are going to start assessing their own lives. When you start moving forward, when you start getting excited about Jesus, when you get excited about life, and you think and things can change, things don't have to be the way they are. I can go forward. I can have a dream. I can have a destiny. I'm not stuck going backwards all my, all my life. I can tell you when you start talking that way, when you start acting that way, especially when you start acting different and doing things different than you normally did, those people that are around you are going to start assessing their own life. And when they start assessing their own life, they're not going to like what they see. And jealousy will raise its ugly head. Because people care about themselves more than they care about others. They care about how it makes them feel more than how it's making you feel. You'd be surprised at how many of your closest friends don't want you to succeed. Because they're not friends. You need to find godly friends. And the pastor can't be everybody's friend. Just throwing that out there. You've got to find godly friends. Brothers in arms. Virtuous women. That are friends. That are going to spur you on. That's going to stand in faith. That are going to celebrate when good things happen in your life. Like we heard Pastor Tom today. Not say, man, nothing good ever happened. No, praise God. They're actually happy for people. Not envious. But you'd be surprised the people that are closest to you. You see it in women all the time. Someone gets a good man. All of a sudden, all all our friends start getting catty. See, the reason why they can't rejoice with you, rejoice with those that rejoice, is because it reflects bad on them. Accept this fact. There will always be people that won't believe you can reach your dream. And sadly, many may not want you to reach your dream. Just realize this is a fact and don't let it discourage you. I'm going to tell on myself a little bit. I've said this before anyways, but my, my sister started a business. It's a, a clothing boutique, all right? And when she started talking about doing this, I thought to myself, a brick and mortar clothing boutique. I don't see how this is going to be successful at all. I don't see how this is going to be successful at all. But I understood these principles. So I never spoke it out to her. I encouraged her. I helped her in any way that I could. Helped her get the logo and stuff like that. And I helped her any way I could. But she had this passion. She had this desire. She had this destiny. Now her daughter also has this passion, this destiny and, and desire. She is, she is making, she is so successful that I, I would have never dreamt 
that she would be as successful as she is. And she's plan she, right now she's ha having a building built for her to open up another one. And you know what? I'll never be successful in that clothing industry like she is. Why? Because I can't dream it. But she could. I mean, I don't know if you guys are friends with her on social media and stuff like that. Her and her daughter do these videos and all that stuff. She's built. They're built for this. And it's wonderful. And, 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 and it's, got, it's got a kingdom theme to the whole thing. And it's, it's, it's just awesome to see. But you need, you need people. You need people that are in your life that despite what they think with their mind, they're going to say what God is saying. One of the worst things you can do is come up to me and say, Pastor, God told me this. I've had people come to me and say, God told me that I, I need to go to another church. What do you want me to do about it? I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. You told me God told you this. And if God told you it, it'd be wrong for me to talk, tell, you, tell you something different. Unless, you, Listen, do not come up to me and say God told me this unless you really, really believe that God told you it. Because you will not get any insight that is contrary to what God told you. Maybe I should say, well, just make sure God told you. And if, if God tells you something different, come and talk to me. Because He's telling me something different. We, we, this is something that we just, we just flippantly throw out all the time. God told me. And I just sit back and say, well, let's see if it comes to pass or not. Because if you come in and say, God told me, even it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. And you need people in your life you need people in your life that are going to agree with you even when it looks impossible. Matthew 7, 6. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. See, isn't, wasn't... Jesus so loving. He called people dogs and pigs. <laughs> the more you walk in faith, the more you're going to hear from the doubters. They are the ones that think it's their responsibility to pick out all your flaws and cut you down to size. Their size. The size of a doubter. Remember, it's the person who never has done anything that thinks that nothing can be done. The truth is, people will tell you you can't, aren't really talking to you. They're talking to themselves. They are just projecting their self-doubt onto you. You can't receive it. You can't receive it. In Luke one thirty-seven, Jesus also said this, For nothing will be impossible with God. Actually, it was the angel, Gabriel. But anyways, you will always have someone to dismiss your dream. There will always be people to dismiss it. But God can do anything. 
I have lived long enough to know that there are more pessimists than optimists in the world. The biggest pessimists in the world are Christians. All they talk about is the end of the world. How bad things are getting. Am I wrong? Faith-filled Christians, all they do is, they, they, all they have their faith in is looking for the, the world to end, for things to get better. You know, it, it, I'm not going to go there. We have to get an optimistic, a positive worldview. We have to say, Thy kingdom come! Thy will be done! On earth as it is in heaven. When, when Jesus comes back, what will he find? Will he find faith? See, a lot of people think that's faith, faith for faith in Jesus, faith to go to heaven one day. No, it's faith to live. It's faith in the kingdom. Is he going to find a church that's on fire, that's that's living? Enjoying life in the midst of hardships, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of dark, their light is shining like a city on a hill. When he returns, will he find you living in faith? The best is yet to come. If you are talking to someone that can't believe with you, don't share your pearl with them. Don't fall for the trap of dealing with natural thinking and fleshy attitudes. It's better to keep your dream to yourself than it is to, than it is to take pearls to pearl-stopping people. We've all got a destination. You have a destination. You're going somewhere, whether you like it or not. Your life is moving. You have a destiny. Sure, some people have seemingly larger destinations to reach than others, but all of us are important. Your destiny is as important to God's plan as every other person's destiny. We all have something to do that matters. If you touch one person in this world and help them along the way, it's worth it. Philip was taken all the way in the middle of the wilderness to talk to one Ethiopian. You need to understand, and this is part of your imagination, that you are a children, child of the king. You have a sphere of influence in your family. You're leading future generations in your workplace or in your business. You can change the whole atmosphere. In your church and in your community, we all have a part to play in the tapestry of God's plan for man. Dream big. Remember the word, the word of Holy Spirit penned by the Apostle, Apostle Paul in Ephesians. God is able to do far more abundantly than we all ask or think according to the power at work within us. And it's all for His glory. Amen. 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 You are important to God. You have a purpose in life and He desires for you to be fulfilled. 
Start dreaming. Start living. Start taking charting your charted thoughts of how you're going to read. Read. You're going to reach your destination. Amen. Amen. God loves you guys, and so do I, man. Let's pray. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.